Welcome to Keeping Athena Company. My name is Athena Kabinu. I'm a stand-up comedian, writer, and the mum. Uh, being a mum is great. I'm having a wonderful time, as you will know if you've listened to previous podcasts, but I do crave adult conversation every now and again. So I invite one of my favourite adults to come round every week and have a chat. And this week, I've invited someone who's just got new glasses. <laughs> She's smiling at me in brand new glasses, Rona Rose. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming round. Enjoy your plantain. I um, am enjoying it already. I'm glad you've accepted it, because last week my guest said like, he wasn't hungry. And I was like, I'm an Indian mother. You have to take the food I offer you. Yeah. So you learn, but you've taken the plantain, which is nice. Oh, thank you. And you said you haven't had it in a while. I haven't. Why have you not had plantain in the world? Because I'm cutting down carbs. Okay. And, um, but I was like, it'll be rude for me not to accept it now. <laughs> I feel so bad now. <laughs> no, it's okay. I've not been having carbs, but I've, I've been like, I've been having, I've been slacking a bit, but I was just like, you know what, she's offered it, I better eat it. I feel bad. I should offer a carb-free alternative. I don't know what the alternative would be. Ice cream? An ice, cu- an ice cube. An ice cube, yeah. <laughs> How come you're cutting down carbs, can I ask? Um, slim down a bit. Why? You're fantastic. Oh, you're thank you. You're welcome you. to lose weight if you want. Yeah. I'll empower you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, just slim down. And also, um, I've got I've got an autoimmune disease, you see, and apparently um, cutting down carbs helps with this one. What's your autoimmune disease? It's called Hashimoto's. Hashimoto? Do you mind talking about it? No, no I don't. Because Hashim- I've never heard of this. It's Hashimoto sounds like an anime like character well yeah I think it was I think it was um, what, do you, what do you call it like so I think the person that discovered it is um, Japanese okay yeah and and what's the implications of having it um, it's poop basically I won't say any rude words because we have a baby present oh guys. you should hear another comment we've had the C word and it's all really oh, yeah. you should hear me driving with the child in the back oh really yeah. <laughs> luckily she can't talk yet but I am worried her first word's going to be like motherfucker <laughs> No swearing in this podcast because I do swear in all my podcasts and the child is, is just sat here. So right. Oh. So poop. Yeah, it's yeah. poop. So um, it basically it's an autoimmune. You, you, an autoimmune disease is when your um, your immune system thinks it's under attack and it starts attacking um, a part of a healthy part like of your body. Trump, America. They think America's under attack from immigrants. Yes, right, it's basically. Doing yes, okay. basically. So yeah, my body is like. Um, it's like uh, making decisions like Donald Trump. <laughs> but, and, it's make, and is it making you just poo a lot? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, why when I say poop, I mean it's rubbish. Like, oh, it's rubbish. sorry. Yeah. No, what, thought, no, what it does, it makes I you see. gain weight. So oh, I, I gained two okay. stone. Okay. It makes you gain weight. It makes your hair, my hair just fall fall out and clumps. Oh, no. Yeah, it makes okay, your eye, you lose your eyebrows. You can't, you um, you basically wake up and you feel like you've, so but I, I noticed it. I actually didn't, I didn't notice it for a very long time, but um, for me, I would wake up in the morning and I'd feel like I'd been working out all night. You just feel tired and exhausted. Well, I just felt like my body, yeah, I felt like I'd been like boxing, like my whole body was aching, like I'd been, excuse me, doing a workout. Okay. My face was puffy. It's just, it's just um, really weird symptoms. Your skin doesn't heal very well and your skin looks dry. I would notice it, but someone else wouldn't. So So it's called like an invisible illness. Okay. That's really, so how long have you been how long have you been diagnosed with it? Well, I think for about two years. Oh, okay. So that must have been a relief when you finally found out yeah. I've got this. Yeah. But you've got to manage it now. And it's chronic, I'm on, I guess. I'm on I'm on medication. I'm taking medication every day, yeah. Do you get a free parking ticket? I wish, but I'm gonna to try to get one. It's so weird because 
Like you know when you I started noticing symptoms years ago because um I used to teach drama in English yeah and I used to be, I used to be great at reading I used to be great at writing and I'd be there and I'd be like I can't think like there's because it affects your brain as well oh wow so it like affects um it gives you brain fog so you forget what you're doing all the time and it was just so weird and I was like I don't understand what's happening why I can't write anymore I used to teach English and drama mm. okay talk about yeah. that. Oh, I don't know where to where start. Did, where did you teach? I actually taught at my old school. You taught in your old school that you grew yeah. up in? Yeah, the school that I went to. It was bizarre. It was a great experience. But then when I got back there, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, we'd sit in this we'd sit in the staff room and stuff. It was just very um B-I-T-C-H-Y. Did you become mates with your old teacher? So my um drama teacher, he was just amazing, like um Mark Wheeler. He was like, you know, when you go to school, you go somewhere, you need you need that one person that believes in you. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm sure he made everyone feel like that he believed in them, but he was that one person that I feel like I could have gone down this path if I did, if down like a, a bit of a negative path if, yeah. if I didn't have him. I don't know how it came about, but I, um, I ended up working for him. And I had um, two of my own classes, which were year seven and eight. Right. And then I would like cover his classes as well, which was great. And then I used to do something else called OYT Juniors, which was Oasis Youth Theatre Juniors. So I used to run that after school as well with them. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. And when you were like, I'm going to apply for this job to your old school, mm. were you worried about that? Was it like, a, was it out of like, I need to earn money. This is the only thing available to me. I wasn't. You know, I did go into teaching for something to fall back on. Yeah. So, you know, because, um, with the acting. And, so this um, was after you went to drama school? So, yeah, I didn't go to drama school. I went to university. Okay. I went to performing arts school before right. that, but university. Um, I went to Bruno University. Okay. And then I'd done a GTP, um, so graduate teacher's programme. And then I went, and it was kind of, I think we were kind of, he told me the position was open. I can't, I mean, this is years ago. This is over, like, maybe 10 years ago now. Right. Um. But yeah, I think he must have said to me that there's a position open and I ended up doing it. But then I do remember sitting in the staff room one day and looking at one of the teachers who was a teacher that hated me. <laughs> and she was talking about some, some pupils and I didn't like the way she was talking about them. And then it all came back to me that when I left school, I went to the... Um, I, I, when I left school my last day, I took presents in for my favourite teachers. Right. But I also took presents in for the teachers I didn't like. Okay. And like, we'd, I, me and my friend, we got like um, empty chocolate boxes and we put worms and mine and my <laughs> ketchup and wrapped it up and we're like, left it at the office and said, can you make sure Miss Chivers gets... Sorry, um, Catherine Chivers. <laughs> Worm, worms and ketchup as well. And ketchup, yeah, in a box. I don't, how do you obtain worms? You, you I went, don't know. Of digging them up the ground. Or yeah, maybe they were. Maybe that. Maybe that's just a story I've told over the years. And I'm like worms. Maybe it's mud. Yeah, that's. Um, but uh, you never imagined you'd come face to face. You never imagined we get in the, on the same payroll. You know, you have peer. Yeah, that is that is what it was. So what's, what are teacher staff rooms like? They're all like, serious places to me. Yeah, it was horrible, and I didn't. Um, <clears throat> obviously, I don't know what um, other schools are like, but that that school, I didn't like it because the teachers would discuss children, and and one of the teachers, this one that I was talking about, actually, I better not say the name again. Mm -hmm. But one of the teachers was sat there saying, "Oh, I hate this pupil, and now she hangs around with this girl. Girl, I'm starting to hate that girl as well." And I just think that that's. It's out of order. And That's also it affects their learning opportunities because mm -hmm. it affects how you interact with teachers. Yeah. So I read, um, I recently read Akala's book, which is a, a brilliant book, but he talks a lot about how um, teachers basically would discriminate against him and they would, he was put in a special needs class because no one could believe somebody 
Are you actually yeah. being serious? No, someone with, with black heritage could be as articulate as him, and he was asking too many questions. So, and also because he was so intelligent, what? and he he was obviously head of the class, that causes you maybe to be a little more disruptive. But rather than recognise that intelligent, yeah, they were like, you need additional needs. No point, way. Yeah, at one point, a teacher. Um, I can't remember the exact story. You'd have to go back to the book if you haven't read it. Yeah, but basically, not. a teacher um, basically endorses the Ku Klux Klan in like publicly in one of his classes. It became like a huge drama for the school. Um, so, as a pupil um, and as a teacher, did you did you find it was an issue like race? Massively, yeah. massively. Did Akala go to like a, a school that was? Um... It was diverse. I mean, he went to school in North London, so it was okay. the town, Camden Town area. Okay, which is a fairly diverse part of North London, but it's still. You know, st- the teachers are white, you know, so they come, white supremacy comes with that because unless they make an effort to really oh. embrace diversity and to and to leave their prejudices at the door, it's not going to happen. So did you, yeah. what kind of it's stuff It's sad, it's very sad. And you, when I was in school, um, I got taken into the office actually. That, so I had this teacher, teacher. no, yeah. when I was a, a pupil. Yeah. And, um, you know, I see I had that teacher that was nice, Mark Wheeler who um, really helped me a lot. And, like, I was part of youth theatre. I felt like I was in a bit of a community. Yeah. When I was at school, I felt like I was... Um, I experienced racism from teachers, prejudice from teachers on a daily basis. Wow. And this one teacher that I mentioned before, she was my language teacher, and she kicked me out of the classroom. There was a boy that was getting told off. As a child, I thought, like, I don't want this teacher to think that I'm laughing. C- c- covered <laughs> my mouth, because now I can see. <laughs> That she was like, right, get out, go go to the head teacher's office, and I refused to go. Like normally, I'll just go. Like, I, and I was like, I was an, not a star in every subject, but I was like an A star student in a lot of subjects. Yeah. She took so she told me to get out, and I was like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, what have I done? I've not done anything this time. So anyway, I made a big thing said that she was racist. At lunchtime, another um uh, another language teacher came to me, and he said. He said to me, oh, um, can I speak to you in the library for a minute? And there was no one else in the library, just me and him. And he said, do you think I'm racist? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Do you think uh, mischievous is racist? And I said, yes. And he was like, well, I'm going to tell you something. I am racist. No doubt everyone in this school is racist. Whether they use it against you or not is is their prerogative. But um, yeah, that, that's basically what he said to me. And I'm so like, this is a teacher. This a teacher and I'm in like year, in year a nine, teacher. a white teacher. Yeah. I mean, I, went to, I was the only black girl in my school. Oh my God. I was the only black girl in my school. Yeah. So, and that's what he said to me. And I can just, like, this would have been in the 90s, wouldn't it? Um, or early 2000s. When did I leave school? It would have been in the 90s, wouldn't it? Yeah, I so left this school is not like a long time ago. This is like a recent occurrence. So how do you respond? How did you tell your parents? I told my parents, my my mum, um, so my mum does like research and stuff at the university. So my mum's like, you know, my mum knows how to write a letter. She knows how to speak. Yeah. And I told my mum, I think my mum must have contacted the school. I can't remember. But I remember my cousins from that live up here. Um, in you know, in London, yeah. They, they, my cousin said to my mum that I would have been lying. My cousin and my mum are quite close in age. Yeah. Um, she was like, a teacher's not going to say that to you. But so it was. But why would you lie? Why would I lie? Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, a racist white person would say that, and there's yeah. nothing that stops racist white people from being teachers. Yeah. 
Um, so there was Nothing. no resolution. There was no resolution, and and I mean, I feel bad for my my young my brother, you know. Yeah. So I've got um a brother that's two years younger than me. My elder brother was 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 okay, but my younger brother, you know, he his his reading and writing and that wasn't that great. Yeah. So he was a bit disruptive, but I feel like he got failed by the school because he yeah. was big for his age. He was like he was a big boy, you know. Yeah. So from that tall, tall, and his daughter's the same. Like he would have looked like sixteen when he was maybe. 10, 11. Which is, like, really dangerous for, like, young black men. For, yeah, really it's dangerous. very dangerous. Yeah. And he, he just experienced... He actually got attacked once, um, you know, because I'm from Southampton. He got racially attacked and he got yeah. set on fire. <gasps> and my PE teacher said, um, he deserve, if, if anyone deserves it, he does. I can't believe this school needs to be shut down. Do you want to publicly say what school? The school's the school's no longer there. Oh, so it's yeah. It used to be called Oaklands. So it was called Oaklands School. It's really funny because I put a a massive post up. Um, you know, sometimes you have like I'm just like I felt a certain way, and I put this massive post up. This is years ago. What is on Facebook? On Facebook, I put this massive post up saying you know because actually my pet, my mum and my sister went to the shop, and these guys spat on her. And I was just like, I was so angry, spat on them because, you know, because they're black, right? So I was really angry and I was just like, I don't understand why my family want to still be in that area. And I wrote all this stuff about what, what I experienced at school. And what that, the teacher, Mark Wheeler, he did say, I had no idea you experienced that. And I feel really, he feels bad. But then I had a couple of people saying it couldn't have been that bad, you know, which is people, kind of what I'm getting yeah, now. And yeah. that kind of, a lot of people, especially people who are based in London don't really understand how white this country is. Oh, of you course. Know, this is like, even though white people are the global minority in the UK, all people who are non-white make up about 9% of the population. Yeah. And so within that 9%, we're all different races. Yeah. There's only about one and a half million black people in the UK. Well, they, they yeah. So it always frustrates me when we kind of, we, we lament like, oh, why wasn't this business successful? Why wasn't there this much support? It's like, there's not, there's not enough of us. Yeah, of you know, course. There's of not course. nearly enough of us. So yeah, I totally believe that that can happen to you in Southampton. Yeah, it did. So would you say Southampton is not diverse at all? It's diverse now. It is, yeah. Um, but it depends where you live. So where I grew up, like if you were more like um in the town centre, you'd see a few more you know like um, non-white people yeah non-white yeah. people but where I grew up it was like N- do you remember do you know NF yeah 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 some people don't know NF the National Front the National it was Front. National Front Central basically so where you, I grew up do you would you live there again would you go back now yeah it's really weird because it's changed it has changed I don't think I would live there because of other reasons I just feel like there's you know um oh. I think, um, yeah, I wouldn't live there f- because of other reasons. How do you feel like those experiences shaped you as a creative? Um, I think it's really weird because at first I was just like, like I see, I see the young children up here and they're all, you know, going to school and there's loads of black kids and they've all got friends and I'm, and I remember looking being like, I wish I had that because I didn't have any black friends, you know. Yeah. Well, I got my first black friends when I moved here because I went to a Brit school. Yeah. So when I was 16, the first time I had black friends. Yeah. Um, which must sound mental, but it's shaped me because I've had a different experience to a lot of my black friends up here. So I've, you know, I, I, I wrote a short film. Um. I need to to redo actually, but um, I wrote a short film. What's your short film called? It's called um, Fabric of the Royals. Okay. 
I got nominated for a Screen Nation um, award for it actually, which was nice. Okay. But it was, it, you know, it was slightly based on growing up in Southampton. But I've had, I, so my, my experiences in Southampton of, um, you know, I, I would river jump, I would camp, I would climb trees, we were making dens. You're right, it wasn't so like city and urban. Yeah. And like, so, so I'll tell you a funny story. The first time I actually went to visit a proper field, I was about 25. Really? I didn't know. Because yeah. I, I, like, I'm from North London, so we have like parks. So if yeah. I wanted to go to a park, I'd go to like my local park, or I don't live too far from Hampstead Heath, so I'd go yeah. there. And then me and some friends, I think I was about older than 25, but me and some friends at, at some point were like, oh, let's go to Scotland on a walking holiday. My two friends are white English, and they're, they, they're familiar with the countryside and all that stuff. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this would sound cool. And I went to, we were in this field, I think it was on the Isle of Skye or O'Barn or somewhere on the west coast of, of Scotland. And I was like, there's just goat poo everywhere. Yeah. Like, why is this? And I was like, guys, we can't, we can't walk here. There's poo everywhere. <laughs> we're going to get our trainers dirty. And they were looking at me like, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, so funny. Who's going to pick it up? And I was like, well, we can't be here. There's poo everywhere. I've never, oh. been, I've never seen that before in my life. But did you like it? Even, yeah, eventually I did. But I was so ill-equipped. I was, in, I was there, my, my Air Max stabs... Um, and my little, I had a little night, plasticky night jacket. Oh, I was not bless you. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's understandable. So Twenty-five years old, first time in the field. So you had all those. Experiences. I had all of that horse riding. Yeah. Um, walking through like lakes, just to, um, you know, little um, the great yeah, outdoors. It was yeah. amazing, and I can write about those experiences. I can write about um, you know, experiencing racism. I can also write about you know um. It's really weird. Like this, this might sound, this might, don't judge me, but you know, the fact, you know, my whole family's black, right? Yeah. So, and my whole family were in Southampton at one point. Yeah. So, um, on both sides, apart from a few, uh, that, <laughs> as in my whole immediate family. So my, my, my siblings, my parents, and then my cousins. Yeah. My aunties and uncles. Um, but when I first came to London, when I was like 14 years old, this is why when people say to me, oh, I don't see, I don't, they say certain things to me. Sometimes I just don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I sat on a bus. This sounds, this sounds mental. I sat on a bus in Peckham upstairs. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, I felt, I felt, um, intimidated. Right. Because I watched the news and even though I'm a black female and I know my whole, I know my whole family's black. Yeah. The news told me that black people are bad. Do you know what I mean? And I was, I was scared on the bus. And that's, I think that's a really common experience of, and that's something that teaches us that race and racial kind of stereotypes are kind of learned. Yes. We're not born this way. No. And you've, we're not going to, you're going to, you're going to experience the same messages that a white person is going to experience, but you're not going to necessarily experience things to, Tell those messages are false because you're not going up in London. Yeah. Just, yeah. So how how quickly do you think you've shed that? And you got, oh, quick. Yeah. Quick and and maybe not in the right way. When I was 16, it was great. It was the best thing ever. Before that, I was really insecure. I felt really unattractive. I was like, I look like a man. I'm ugly. You know. And then I came here, and not that not that you need validation, but you know, 16 years old, you're young, and I started getting you know being told you, oh, you're beautiful, you're pretty from from um people that look like me up here it was yeah. great you know um and I loved it and then I got then this thing clicked in my head and I was like what was I doing I was at school and I was like this black goat because I was you know even though I was called a boffin but I also was like um the, the class clown <laughs> like when I did that I just as in like people would say weird things yeah and you stood out yeah and I stood out and I was and I didn't and I didn't notice it as much I think yeah. I knew it but I was 
at school and I was like a clown and yeah. people were had loads because someone actually said to me oh do you remember in school we used to call, we call you Black Lightning and I was like and you're what? like wow I never yeah. knew that so all of this just came to me then I this sounds really bad but I um, I was like don't want any white friends and I literally <laughs> locked everyone off apart from one person so I don't think what you're doing what you do in that is actually having gone through what you went through um, that extreme because mm-hmm. what happened was you had your eyes opened into your life experience because how traumatic it was. Yeah. And it's almost like you needed to heal from that. Yeah. And you need to be like, right, okay, now I need to be in the in a around African and African descended people yes. who look like me, yeah. who put the same stuff in their hair, who eat the same food as me, who don't make me feel like I stand out. Yeah. Because it takes a lot of energy to stand out. Yeah. As to what you can really feel at peace. And then after a while, that's when you can start to make peace yeah. with your story because ultimately it's not white people it's actually those individual and particular white people yes. in that school you went to that were the issue yeah exactly at what point did you say I can hang out with white people now I, I started getting more comfortable again when I went to university yeah then I went back to Southampton for just to visit and then I got attacked by 20 men <gasps> oh my god me and my friend and my friend is um is like I don't like the term but is mixed race okay yeah well yeah. it's a term I'm mixed race yeah so. but I just don't like that I just feel like because I just don't know. I don't like the notion of race. The notion of race doesn't make sense to me. So she, we both got attacked, but she's got no no black family. She's right. both, you know, she we both got attacked by these men and beaten up. And like it was really just traumatic. And then again, I was like, that's it. I had to go back to London because I just went back to visit. That is traumatic. Got beaten so... up by twenty men. And for what reason? We just we were just walking past the bus stop and um and they just started singing all these racist songs and throwing bricks at us and spitting. Someone someone just spat in my face. I got punched so in the how, face, got how old, hit. How old were you when this happened? I was in my last year of uni, so it was really, really difficult. I was, um, so how old was I? My last... 21, 22, last year of uni. Yeah, yeah. 22, I think, then. Okay, so you suffer a horrific attack in Southampton yes. last year of uni. Yeah. Um, I still don't understand why you started talking to white people again. That would have been so, yeah, no, for that, <laughs> that point, I was, I was like... You know, you don't want, you know, it's not every person, do you know what I mean? But it was 20 it's men, and it was the fear, yeah. yeah. And I was so, and I had a lot of anger um, and hatred. And the, the and to top it off, the, no one got convicted. You asked me um, when I started feeling more comfortable. It wasn't that I, you know, had ha- hatred or anything for anyone. I was, I did feel angry, but I think for a long time I just assumed, I made the assumption that all white people were racist yeah. and it wouldn't like me. So it was when I got, I moved back up here to focus on my acting. I was like, you know, if I want to progress, I need to start feeling comfortable around people. Right, okay. You know, so... So um, it was more like it wasn't a realistic or practical way for you to approach the world? No. No. Of course not. Well, no. (laughs) But some people do. Some people say, these are what these people are like and I'm going to treat them like this. And yeah. they have that. They have that hatred forever. Yeah, and I don't. I don't think I. Tr- I, I um, was treating anyone in a certain way, but I was making assumptions about what they would think I was like as a person. If yeah. that makes sense. So, yeah. So I'd just be like, oh, I won't go. Like, so I would work on something. So I was like, I, I was working on a um, like a little TV job for a bit, and I'd be when everyone would be going home. I'll be like, I'm just going to run to the shop because I think, oh, they wouldn't want to sit on the train with me. But that's because of how I grew up. Because yeah, where I'm true. from, yeah. where I'm from, you'd see someone you know. And one minute they'd be like, hey. And if there was someone else, they wouldn't talk to you. Right. So, so like, I, oh, would, I don't want people to know I know the black girl at school. Basically, yeah. So oh, I, I um, yeah. So I, I let that feel into me so much. And I just made all these assumptions about, you know, thinking, oh, this person will think I'm like this because I'm black or this person 
would um, not want to be seen with me, so I'd go, I'm going to go in the shop, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's incredible. So yeah, I had to. Um... So you've had to unlearn a lot of that. Unlearn, you've had to yeah. learn to like love yourself and also like dismiss the views of people who, like anyone who acts like that doesn't deserve your energy to work around yes, it anyway, right? exactly, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're in London, yeah. you're around, it's multicultural, yeah. there's white people, there's black people, there's Indian people, there's Chinese people, okay? I don't know what else to say really, that's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's but, great, but this I is love where it. you find your fortune, because you're, you're an actress now. Yes, and I'm a writer. It. yeah. What kind, of, what kind of acting do you do, like um, Shakespeare... Shakespeare. Um, well, actually, at the moment I'm focusing on comedy. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I like... Um, I'm were, a, you, were you in a double act? Can we talk about your double act? Yes, yeah. of course. Okay, yeah. That's that um, so the, I, I have a comedy partner, Donna Preston, yeah. who is awesome. Like she's great, really, really funny. Um, we are so we wrote we wrote something for BBC Three, um, and we have three episodes coming out next month. Oh wow, okay. which is that's great. Exciting. Yeah, really, really exciting. What's it called? Can we plug it? Yeah, it's called Fully Blown. Fully blown, BBC Three. Yeah, July twenty nineteen. Yeah, July twenty nineteen. We don't have the exact uh, date yet, but yeah, July twenty nineteen. It was meant to be May twenty nineteen, but it got, got yeah, don't worry, it got slipped. That's fine. That's fine. Push it because you know what? There's Wimbledon. There's the World Cup. Yeah, you don't want to compete with that stuff. Exactly. Okay. Uh, can you tell us what the show's about? Um, it's about these two female rappers um, okay. from Southampton. Of course, it's Donna from Southampton. She's from York. She's from York. She has a great accent. <laughs> So, have you got a Southampton accent? Um, some it's re- do you know what's really weird? I do, um I used to. Right. I think sometimes I have. I don't know because I don't know what a Southampton accent is. It's more so where I'm from in Southampton. Like my my bit of Southampton is more like that. So oh, I'd be it's like, like oh. it's a bit like this country, like combined harvest. Oh, yeah, we're a little bit like that. So it's like oh yeah, you know this mate. Yeah, I went down shopping that year. I saw this mate down shopping that year, and he tried to say something to me, innit? Oh, right, so that, yeah. that's the area I'm from in it it's a bit rough that. <laughs> it's like that I don't want to be judgmental so I'm not going to make any comments on the sound no, I'm just right. going to say what a lovely voice thank you <laughs> yeah, okay so, so you, like you and Donna Preston you're both you're playing two rappers yes in Fully Blown yes it sounds exciting how did you find the process of writing pitching getting it commissioned um, as in how did I find it um, yeah just the, the, I guess like the behind the scenes process not, not a lot of people know how to get work commissioned to, get, to be yeah. made by TV companies. So it's really, really, well, it was quite interesting. So what happened, I'll tell you, like, I'll go back a little bit. So um, Donna and I, um, about two years ago, auditioned for this um, this show called Dick and Ibiza. Okay. Did, um, did it get made? It got made. Yeah, I remember that show. Yes, yeah. yeah. And we, so we auditioned for, it's only just come out. We auditioned for the, for the same role. It was called something else before. Yeah. Um, and then we both got the role. Yeah. So they ended up making us a double act. We both got the... So rather than... They, they changed the script and put both of us in it. Okay. And um, actually after doing that, we were like, oh yeah, let's just be these rap girls and let's make up like, you know, an Instagram account and make everyone think that they're real characters. We're real people. Okay. So we've done that for a bit and then um, Donna had a bit of a link in um, Lab Bible. Right. We were like, oh, are you working on anything? She's like, oh, I'm working with Verona on this... Um, you know, these rap, rapper things. So we ended up getting this Lab Bible um, commercial. Right, okay. I think. And we were right, it was like about these two girls trying to get What's the CD. Think, think uh, Road Safety. Oh, Think, okay, yeah. Think Road Safety, okay. yeah. So we got that. And it got like 3.5 million views in like 48 hours. Okay. So we used that and um, we just started messing. Like, I mean, just literally bombarding everyone. Like putting in the subject, 3.5 million views, blah, blah, blah. Just bombarded everyone. Like, we got this idea, we got this idea, we got this idea. And we had, like, made a little treatment 
already for this thing that we had. We went and saw um, a, a commissioner at the BBC. Yeah. Like, do I say names? Uh, you, if you want to, yeah. I mean, yeah, we saw well, Sarah Santi at the BBC. She was absolutely lovely. We had a meeting with her and she was like, oh, I just saw this Muda video you guys made, which was called... Um, Barbar Black Key. She was very yeah. silly. Like, everything we do is just very slapstick, very over the top, silly. And um, she's like, I just watched it, blah, blah, come in and chat to me. And she told us, like, uh, she gave us lots of information on on the kind of things BBC are looking for, whatever. And we kind of left and we were like, oh, she's given us so much information, but we don't want to wait. We don't want to wait for anyone, so we're going to make our own thing. Yeah. So we went away, we made, we, we, we wrote everything. We we filmed six episodes right, of okay. um, this thing called... Off your own Mac, your own money, own, Mac, your own, own money, yeah. own equipment. Yeah, so, yeah, own equipment, own money. Um, friends putting in favours, just filmed six episodes. And then we went to Southampton to film as well. Stayed in Southampton for, like, three days. And then, um, literally, like, bizarrely, on the, the final day, well, when we got back to Southampton, Sarah Asante, um I think she sent us an email. I was like, look, can I have a call with you guys? And she was like, look, my my um my boss, I think it's her boss, um, Shane, wants to know what you guys are up to. And we were like, oh, we've just come back from the house. We've made this and done this, this and that. And she was like, oh my gosh, I love that you've gone off and done your own thing. So I edited together because I, I do all the editing and like, you know, I write our music as well. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, we went, um, went and I made a little trailer and sent it to her and she was like, absolutely love it. Blind. I can't remember the process. She, she, yeah, she did say to us, you, you should really be attached, you need to be attached to a production company. So we then started shopping production companies to go to. Um, at the time, we were like, oh, should we make our own one? A bit difficult. Um, then we joined up with um, Studio, Studio 71, right. who I think you know, yeah, you know them as well. Yeah. Um, we joined up with Studio 71 and then made the three episodes. Wow. So these, so I guess we can't see those six episodes that you made yourself. No. 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 But maybe you can see, see them in the future. Yeah, in the uh, future. Most and, and let's talk a bit about the fact you, you made the music and yes. you edited the video because you've yes. got like several hats. One yes. of which is as a videographer and photographer. Yeah. You make, like you make, Guys, I don't like look very sexy. You do. You take pictures of these men, and I'm like, they would get it based, ah, on, this, based on this picture. That's oh so my, funny. You you you've got a lovely lens. The oh, way you, thank you. What is so? How long have you been a photographer for? Oh, it's people always ask me this because you're so know. good. It's uh, so. I bought a camera ages. You know that thing where you're like, okay, what can I do to make some money? You know this industry. Yeah. I just want to do something creative, so I don't want to go and work in an office job. I used to do. I used to do um, uh, teach, run acting classes and stuff. Yeah. But I think I started headshots uh, more often a year ago. But right. I, I mean, when I look back at the ones I was doing, like say two years ago, they they weren't great at all. So yeah, but it's practice. It's all yeah. practice. It's all it's practice. A... The same lens, same everything, but just practice. I'm gonna put a link out in this, you know, in the podcast below to because you've got to see these pictures of people. Oh, thank you. Find, you find you could take a picture of Nigel Farage and he'd look mildly attractive. <laughs> but you also do something else where we're an underrepresented as a musician too. So, oh, music. I know. So, because I, you, a little while ago, I learned you used to be a rapper, which I didn't know this. Oh, God. <laughs> you, you look a bit embarrassed by this. But, but was, this, was this something you started after the Brit School? No, no, but I was doing it at Brit School. Oh, okay, at Brit it was, School. Yeah, okay. Brit School was really weird. I was doing it at Brit School and, um, and I ended up on some BBC uh, One show called Urban Flavour. Okay. Yeah, where well, I was emceeing and they came to my parents' house and everything. I got through, I didn't win, but I got through to the final. Oh, so it was like pop idol, but for like kid, like teenagers. Yeah, for younger, yeah. It was really cool. Young urban youth. 
Yes, okay. but that's a good breakthrough thing. Yeah. As, did you continue uh, music? I did for a bit, and I um, I started making music with um, some really really cool people, and then I got scouted by Sony. Yeah. So by the time I was, I think, 19, 18, 19, I got scouted by Sony. Uh, Ministry of Sound. It was really weird. As a performer and writer. Uh, yeah, as a performer, and I had a meeting with um a guy at the time. Um, his name was I remember his name to this day. It's, I mean, years ago, his name was George Robert Boskin. Yeah. So I went there uh, with my elder brother because my my oldest brother is um uh MC. Yeah. As well, and um, I went there with him, but I, I think I just didn't take any of it seriously, and I was at uni, and I was like, I need to focus on my university work. Yeah. And also, um, yeah, one tricks on uni. And then also, I used to talk a lot of rubbish. And I got to a point where I was like, I'm too old for this. But now I look back, I'm like, I wasn't too old. Yeah. I could have still been doing it. So, But, but you, out, you outgrew it mentally, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I'm doing it as a character. Even, yes, and you've invested all this time into learning how to rap and how to produce music. And now you're putting it into... Uh, a comedy show yeah which is really impressive so is there anything else that you do because I've listened to, so you act you write you photograph you take pictures you do video what do you do you Gosh, plot, they call me a jack plot, of all trades and nothing yeah. <laughs> oh god do you do you got elect- I've got a light bulb thingy that needs fixing you got do the electrics I, do you know what I can do all of that stuff I'm the one that does it at home but <laughs> I do it like it doesn't look very good all the DIY yeah I do the DIY <laughs> do you have any app creative ambitious things you'd like to learn how to do that you can't do already um, I'd like to do that I'd like to just get really, really... I mean, I can edit, but I want to get really, really good at editing, you know? Yeah. Do you think you'd ever go back into teaching? Um, do you know, if I did, I'd be, it would be a very sad day. Really? It would be a very, it's very sad day. <laughs> young people could learn, like, so much from me now. Yeah. Maybe, the, I mean, that, that was one of the things that I did like about teaching. It was, um, you know, seeing um, children grow and seeing... Being able, to have an, being able to have an impact, a positive impact on a child, you know, or yeah. a teen, that for me, the best thing about teaching. And that's like I mean? the same impact that the positive teachers had on you. On me. And yeah. I think every child needs that. Even if it's one teacher, they need to be told um, uh, either that they're good or, or uh, given positive encouragement. You yeah, know? yeah. You, you just reminded me of a story. So I've got a few stories about being treated in an interesting way at school. Because I went to... I've been to a school in North London, so it's like, it was kind of mixed, it was mostly white, and there was like, there was a lot of Greek people, a few Indians, and I think there was like, there was like only like one other black person in my class, but anyway, um, I was quite good at school, I was similar to you, A, A stars, you know, yeah. with the occasional blips, and I was good at English literature, and there's one time when I got summoned into his office, and was two, these two teachers were sitting there, yeah. and they were like, so, Athena, we just want to ask you, like, you know, we're really impressed with your work, um, we were wondering, do you often read things like journals and like, you know, um, academic publications and things like that? And now I was like 15. The answer is no, I don't read that kind of shit. But I thought I'd just look really cool. So I was in front of my teacher. So I said, yeah, yeah, I do sometimes. And then they were like, right, that's interesting because we've, we've looked at some of your work and it looks like what you're actually doing is sort of copying from them. Um, and I was like, oh, oh shit. My <laughs> And I wanted to say, oh, I lied, I don't read that shit. Uh, But then I kind of had to be like, 
oh, okay. Uh, and they were like, you know, you need to make sure that when you when you read these kind of things that you, you don't let it influence your work. And you know, oh we're goodness. not gonna, you know, we're not gonna do any take anything further now. Um, but you know, we just find that your language um, and the way you're writing isn't really like, you know, it's not it's not you, and you're pretty boring. And I just I was Is fuming. I was fuming, but I was more angry with myself because what I should have said was, no, I don't read this stuff. Um, it was me because I was a, a particularly well-read person then. I still am now, and I just it's just how I spoke. It's how I wrote. Um, oh, no, but I had loads of other stuff. I can't say I had the worst time of it, but yeah, it's funny being at school whilst black is not um, is not easy. Yeah, yeah, it's not. I remember that conversation to this day. I wish I could, if I could turn back time to any moment in my life, it would be that point. Oh. Just but just so they can know that I am that smart. I am this smart. Like yeah. this, this is all me. Yeah. And that's terrible, isn't it? That that a, that a teacher would question. It's different if they had had this journal there, and they were like, "Look, this is exactly the same, Athena." That's exactly. They weren't even saying you you plagiarized it. What they were saying is you're using words you can't understand. Um, what are your plans for the rest of the day? Is it beautiful? Rest of the day, I'm going to go meet the hubby. Oh yeah, the hubby. Yeah. Is he the hubby in proper hubby? Or just like... Oh, I mean, we've been, we've been together 12 years. Oh, but you've been living in sin for 12 years. For 12 years, I've <laughs> been in sin, babes, yeah. And okay. I'm guilty. That, I'm guilty, yeah. Well, we've been... We've, yeah, yeah, we've been living together for about 10 years. Oh, wow. See, this is rare. Yeah. Because you would have met up really young. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, what? We met up... It's 23... Gosh, the yeah. men I've gone through since I, I should cut that nah. out. <laughs> <laughs> is he from Southampton too? He's actually from London originally, yeah. but um, we met in Southampton because he was best friend to my little brother. Really? Yeah. Oh, this, that's interesting. Mm, yeah. What did, and what, how did your little brother feel when like... At first, was, at first he seemed normal. Yeah. He was okay-ish because it was that thing of... Everyone kind of knew I kind of liked him, and everyone yeah. knew that he kind of liked me. And my brother would be like, "Oh, I'll get him to pick you up," you know. It's uh, quite emotional when, like, you're because you might say things to your partner about your brother, for, yeah, and vice versa. Okay. Are, are they still best friends? They're really good friends. They're, yeah. I mean, you know, we live up here. My my family live um, down south, so Southampton. Um, yeah, but. Um, I can't remember. Oh my god, brain fog. See what I'm saying? No, well, I it's what like you baby brain. Baby brains. Baby brains are a real thing. Really, I, I, it's a real. I forget so much. I definitely have less vocabulary now. Really, I can't speak. Um, I really struggle with writing. Um, I struggle with. I've always been struggled with names and faces. Yeah. If I, I'm useless now. Will it come back? I'm though? Useless. Yes, I hope so. Um, I think a lot of it is because you're thinking of them constantly, so they're always on your mind. Oh, so it's almost like they just take up so much of your brain, you don't have the brain space to be intelligent anymore. Um, but yeah, so forgetfulness, is the, forgetfulness is the biggest one. I'm very forgetful now. Oh. Yeah. But, yeah, but it's cool. So yes, you met your partner for your for your brother. My brother. Um, so your brother was like family Tinder. Oh, thank oh, you. Thank you for coming around. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for um, your, your Southampton voice has soothed my child to sleep. Oh, she's, she's fast asleep on me now. So precious. I need a oh tape of you, I think. That will help. All right, thank you for coming back. Oh, Appreciate thank you for it. having me.
So that's what happened when Rony Rose came to keep my company and hang out with me and baby. What a fantastic human she is. So philosophical and resilient. Imagine experiencing all that racism in a school and then going back to teach in the school to give back. What an incredible person. If you're interested in her photography, filmmaking, writing or acting, hit up her website. I'm sure she'd love to hear from you. I'm on social media if you'd like to keep up with me. Um, Athena Cabrini on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Um, if you like the podcast, rate it, review it, share it, tweet it, do whatever you normally do with the podcast you really like and I'll see you next time.